Welcome to the Worker Placement Blog Podcast, the gaming podcast that's recorded while I drive to work. I am your host, Jake Talapic, and it is Thursday. We're at Thursday. So, <sighs> man, it's been a been a week. It's been a good week. It's day after Valentine's Day. You gotta have a, you know, you either have a smile on your face today or or you don't. You know why. So, but we are now through the day of, uh, you know, remembering our sadness uh, for those of you who are mutually exclusive. <laughs> uh, but anyways, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about games. Specifically, it's Thursday, which means Thursday breakdown, and I've got an exciting breakdown today because it's more, it's less of a breakdown, more of a first impressions, but we're going to wrap it into the breakdown anyways. Last night, I was blessed with the opportunity to try the exploding new hit game, Azul. So, what is Azul? For those of you who don't know Azul is a a, a tile selection placement game. Maybe that's a good way for it. I'm just going to tell you how you play it, and you can decide how to describe the stupid game. Okay, so here you go. Everybody gets a board. Your board has a 5x5 grid on it. Each row has... uh, There's five unique symbols or colors or tiles in the game. And each row has one spot for each of those five colors. Okay? And what players are doing is they're going to be selecting tiles, and they don't get to just put them into their grid. No, 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 no. To the left of the grid is like a little pyramid. So the first row has one space. The second row has two spaces. The third row has three spaces, four spaces, and then five spaces, okay? So you have a five-by-five grid on the right with each each row has one, each, uh, one copy of each color, and then you've got this kind of pyramid to the left where it scales up in the number of spaces in each row. So the... All the tiles in the game match those five colors in the grid, and the based on your number of players, you're going to put out these little like uh, coasters. On each coaster, you're going to take from a bag, a shuffled up you know you know bag full of the tiles, and you're going to put four of those on each of the little islands, the little coasters. What players will do is they'll select all of one color tile from a coaster, take those and put those into the pyramid on the left of their grid. Now, here's some rules about placing into your pyramid. You have to place all of the ones you selected into the same row. Okay? Any that can't fit go into this like little bottom area where uh, you you basically get punished. The more 
you fail, the bigger the punishment. So uh, players want to avoid kind of over-grabbing tiles. And the third rule is that you, if you already have a tile of a color in that row, you can't place a different tile color in that row. So you, if you have the row of four and you put a blue tile there, you have to fill it all the way up with blue tiles. Okay? So those are the three placement rules. Now, what happens to the tiles on the coaster that you don't pick? Well, those get shoved into a middle pool, okay? Which creates kind of like a new coaster, if you will. There's like a central pool that you can pull from. And again, it follows the same rule. You have to pull all of that color from that pool. The first person to pull from that pool, well, it's a lot of peas. The first person to pull from the pool will get a token that makes them the first player in the next round, but it also goes into their negative points area. So you get like a, you get, take a hit. But if it's the only one you take, it's only minus one point, so it's not a huge hit. Um, but uh, that's, uh, that is what happens with those leftover tiles. And you play until all the tiles have been taken uh, from the coasters and the central pool. So, now you've got all of these tiles on your board. You've got a couple, a couple rows in your pyramid filled up. And you've got some that are not. And you've got a couple tiles in your negative points area at the bottom of your board. So here's what's going to happen after that. Now you go into kind of like a scoring phase. So players will take any row that they have completed. Okay? Starting from the top down. And they will take one tile from that row, if they've completed it, and put it into the space matching its color in the grid in the row that you completed. So if you have two blues in that second row, you would take one of those two blues and you would put them, put it into the blue spot on your grid in row two. Okay? The extra tokens or tiles will go into the box lid. You'll need them later. Okay? So... The way that the game scores is when you place a tile into your grid, you count it like Scrabble scoring. So you count a horizontal line, and then you count a vertical line. And you can possibly count your tile that you just placed two times. that makes sense? So there you go. Once you've uh, moved or placed all of the tiles from your pyramid that are complete rows into your grid. Any leftover tiles as uh, will go into the box lid and you will deduct points for any of your negative scoring at the bottom of your board and those will go back into the box lid. Okay? So you have a scoring bar at the top of your board so you track your own score. Alright? And that's around. So then you'll reset by filling up those coasters again, and then uh, you'll go again. And you do this until somebody finishes an entire row in their grid. 
So minimum five rounds. Minimum five rounds to the game. So uh, once the game is end of the game is triggered, there's a couple extra scoring opportunities. If you complete a row, you'll get two extra points. If you complete a column, you'll get seven extra points. And if you complete all of the spaces for a, that color tile, so all the blue spaces on the board are filled, you'll get ten points. So there is some ince- some good incentive to not just fill up a row and call it a day. You do want to get some more points there. All right, so let's talk about what's going on in the design of this game. So first of all, you've got a randomizer bag with tiles. Okay, this is a... I always like randomizer bags with tiles. Um, it, it's, it's typically a good way, especially when all of the tiles feel the same way, they're the same shape. So there's not, uh, you know, any kind of... Uh, pick preferences or whoever's drawing from the bag can't manipulate it in any way. They just draw what they draw and that's what they draw. So good randomization. Now I forgot to mention that there's not really a theme. This is an abstract game. So we would normally talk about how the mechanisms in the game support or prop up the theme, but uh, there, there is no real theme to this game. So uh, we'll just be bypassing that, which uh, that that's always a negative hit. If a game doesn't have a theme, that can be a very negative hit to its success rate. So uh, we'll just kind of score that as a negative point in its column, but uh, yeah, we'll talk about that at the end. So tile bag, randomizer, good, good randomizer. Okay, so the tile selection action. Uh, pick what you want and the rest gets pushed into a pool that's more appetizing. Okay, I, I like this, I like this. It also... With the coasters being broken up, you'll be able to see what's going to potentially be in the pot towards the end. So you can time your grabs a little better. So if you maybe want to fill up one of the upper rows in your pyramid, uh, you know, you can grab that off a coaster and wait for all the, the ones that you want to collect for your bottom rows of your pyramid towards the end of the round because they'll be pushed into the pot and the pot will be bigger. So there's some some timing to do with when you grab that. So I, I think that the the action selection in this game is just, or the uh, tile selection in this game is just, it's marvelous. It's brain-bendery marvelous because everyone's board is out there. You can see what everyone is doing, and the tiles are nice and big and chunky, so you, you can definitely see them across the table. So the game uh, encourages you to watch what your your enemies are doing and really try and force them into draws or situations that maybe they don't want. So, it's a lot of, uh... There can be some analysis paralysis to this game. I'm, I'm going to warn you, like, if you play with people who want to think things through too much, don't play this with them. They'll get, uh, they'll get destroyed. Too many choices. So, uh, I like that a lot. The... Uh, filling up of your pyramid. That's that's really cool. It's a unique uh, concept. I've not seen too many things with that uh, overflow mechanic, or we'll call it that. We'll call it the overflow. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really neat little thing. It, it's definitely 
It can definitely trap you though if you're not paying attention. Like my first game, I got, I got reamed. I got reamed because I did not realize how that pyramid was working to my advantage. It's not your enemy; it's your friend. Especially if you're looking at everybody else's pyramid and grid and knowing where they're going to be putting stuff and seeing what's available on the board. I mean, you can really, you know, get crafty and mean at this game. It's totally possible. And then the grid. Um, now, there is an advanced version of the grid on the back side of the board where the tile colors are not limited. Like, they're not printed on the board. It's just blank. And the advanced mode is just one copy of each tile per row. So uh, you'd have to see what it looks like to understand. But basically, everything's at a diagonal to itself. So all the blues are at diagonal to themselves. So no blue is in the same row or column. It's kind of that like uh, Sudoku rules. But with the advanced mode, it's just you can't have it in the same row. So that would be... A little bit crazier, a little bit more flexibility to uh, score more. You definitely score higher in that game mode because uh, you wouldn't be placing stuff off by itself and not getting that Scrabble-style scoring as well as possible. And then we finally get to scoring. Scoring in the game uh, is pretty straightforward. A good play is like five, six, seven, eight points maybe. Um, I mean, I I think I got three or four plays where I got seven or more points in the game that I won, so I think that that's really critical, as well as making sure you get at least some kind of endgame scorings. So uh, getting a column is really good. Filling up all five of one color is really good, but that's a little bit hard uh, because at least in a two-player game, because you see the the tiles cycle less. So in a three-player game, you'll cycle out the discarded tiles three times, whereas in a two-player game, we only cycled it out one time. So uh, once you see tiles, you're only going to see them one more time, so uh, you're limited to the colors a little bit more. So a really interesting uh, use of the limit of the tiles in the box, too. So Uh, Impressions, I think this is a well-crafted game. It's a... uh, Plan B Games ma- makes this, and they also did uh, Century, which these two games are just phenomenal. I mean, these guys are on a roll, in my opinion. I, I mean, I believe that they did Century, uh, Spice Road. I, I have to double check. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think these guys are, are doing great work. Their games are super well polished. Now, my one complaint about Azul is that it seems to be a little overpriced. Um, some people have said it's as high as 80 bucks. I haven't actually checked it, uh, recently to see what the pricing is because I I just know that it's not cheap. I would like this, this would fit into my collection. This is a good one. You can teach beginners. The first time you play it, uh, you're going to struggle a bit. If I can give tips to first time players, here's what I would say. Focus on your top three rows more than your bottom two. Your bottom two rows should be situations of circumstance where it's like you get lucky or the timing seems right and you can fill them up. So that would be my like one tip that would make your game a little bit more enjoyable 
uh, because that would give you some insider knowledge of how the, how the game's playing. But yeah, uh, I really enjoyed this game. I think that the design is uh, super unique. The abstract, like I said, uh, is a is a turnoff to some people. People like theme a lot. What could you do for the theme of this game? Mm, that's really tough. I I you know I thought about this a little bit last night in preparation for this episode. Like, what kind of theme could you possibly put on this game's uh, mechanisms? And I just could not find anything that would even remotely begin to work. Uh, I thought maybe, like, a quilt pattern of some kind. I was like, no. Um, Yeah, I just, I don't see a theme fitting on this. That's okay. I'm not saying that it needs a theme. I'm saying that, you know, if you can always add a theme to something, people will typically enjoy the game a bit more or want to purchase it more because themes interest people. Abstract games are just abstract. So, but besides that point, I really don't have anything negative to say about this game. I'd love to play it some more. Like I said, I've only played two games, but I definitely think that the mechanisms have been fleshed out, well designed, and the game feels good. The uh, negative points, I didn't really talk a ton about the negative points. When you have tile overflow, so let's say that you take black tiles and you take four of them and you put them in the three row, that extra tile falls down to the bottom of your board and it becomes a, a negative point scoring that scales up. So your first two negative tiles score you negative one, your next two score you negative two. And adds up real quickly, especially when you're not scoring too many points in a round. I mean, 15 points scored in, in a turn is pretty darn good. That's pretty darn good. So, at least in the games that I played. Maybe I'm, I'm not I'm maximizing enough. But that seemed to be a, 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 fairly, a fairly effective score. It's like 15 to 18 points on your turn. So, um, yeah. Maybe you could do like a roof tiling something or another I don't know that doesn't really feel right but actually I think that's what the theme is I think it's supposed to be like a roof tiling thing but uh, I don't know it doesn't seem right to me so anyways check out Azul if you get a chance to play it play it Uh, let me know what you think about Azul let me know what you think about other games that use those mechanisms so like you know randomizer bags or uh, tile selection with the pooling mechanic, I think is really cool. Uh, obviously tile placement, but it's more like puzzly grid placement. Uh, reminds me a lot of Sagrada. If you like Sagrada, you'd like this game. Okay. So check it out. Let me know. Uh, hit me up at TLAP on Twitter, Jake Tlapic on Instagram, or you can always go to www.tlap.com and listen to all the episodes and leave your comments. Tomorrow will be Friday. As usually follows Thursday, I will probably end up singing a portion of Friday by Rebecca Black. That's usually what happens. And you will have to listen to it because you'll be listening to the podcast. So until next time, my friends, remember to play games and more importantly, have fun. Ciao.